discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Hallelujah. And the next point is this. We use, because we use tears as substitute. As a substitute. Tears. <laughs> we use tears. Ephesians <laughs> 5. Psalm 56, verse 8. Now, listen. How many of you love to cry? Now, tears are nice. Tears are nice. In fact, if you are in, if you are finished with God, the longer you spend before Him, the more your heart softens. The more you, you worship before Him, the more tears trickles down. There are some people they can do the Lord for a long time and no tears. I, I wonder what kind of. <laughs> one man said, one preacher said, our, our eyes are dried. Why? Because our hearts are dried. Our hearts are dried. Yeah. So, tears actually, Chaspergen said, tears are liquid prayers. And tears are the eloquence of sorrow. And they are the unutterable gushings of the heart. What words cannot say, tears expresses what words cannot utter. They are unutterable gushings of the heart. So tears are very bad. Whenever you are weeping, you know what happens. Anytime you are worshiping or you are praying and you are, or you weep, all of a sudden angels appear with bottles and they carry the tear, tears in a bottle. They take it to heaven. There's a room in heaven when they get there. There are books, golden books. They pick the book and they pour the tears into the book, and the, the book is filled with words. This was a vision saw, seen by um, Mary Baxter in his heavenly encounter. And this is the, the scripture that, that explains it. When I read that book, I understood what David said. David said, Thou tellest all my wanderings, put down my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Praise God. When I read this, when I understood that every time I wanted to weep, oh Lord. Oh Lord. <laughs> I wanted angels to bring more bottles, more bottles. <laughs> more bottles. <laughs> I'm telling you. There's another thing I've seen in Ghana and in Africa. We try to substitute faith with tears. So, now, when, when Jesus appeared to Hagen, he said the same thing again. He said that, I love to do more than what my people ask me. But 
The challenge is that they come to the altar and they weep and they cry and they cry and they cry and they cry. But they rise up from the altar and walk away in unbelief. And I cannot break my word. I cannot break my word. Listen, tears will capture God's attention. Listen, tears are powerful. Tears. Listen, when Jesus rose from the dead, you know what happened? He had gone to lead captivity captive. So he, he emptied Abraham's bosom. What was? Paradise was in the earth at that time before the resurrection. He took all of them, David and all those who died, the saints. And they came to the earth and they were waiting for him because he was to take them. Now Jesus ascended twice. He took them to heaven before he came back and ascended after 40 days. And whilst he was going to, now when he died, he had to present his blood to heaven. And when he's presenting the blood, like the high priest, you can't touch, no one can touch it. But as he was on the way, the first thing the resurrected Lord did, the first thing Jesus did when he rose from the dead was to wipe away the tears of a woman. As Jesus was about to present his blood, he saw Mary weeping. So the tears of Mary stopped him. He turned to go and attend to Mary and wipe her tears before he could go to heaven, present the blood with the host in Abraham's bosom. That's the power of a, a tear. And man was about to touch Jesus, and Jesus said, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Because when the high priest is presenting the blood, if you touch him, you have desecrated the sacrifice. You don't touch him. So Mary couldn't touch Jesus. But after he had presented the blood, he went and showed himself to the disciples that they can touch him. So tears will capture his attention. But faith will bring the answers and the results. Oh, how I remember. There's this church, I don't want to mention the name, many, many years ago. We go for this prayer meeting. And women, people will be, will be weeping, shedding tears, crying, crying, crying. Oh. Every woman in the auditorium was shedding tears. And know the tears? Lord, where are you? You've kept long. Too much. You've kept long. Lord, Lord, Lord. In fact, if we're in, the, if we're in that meeting, you'll be sorry for God. <laughs> now, I was standing aside and I just, just looked. And also, I feel like weeping some. Because the way they were weeping, because of their burdens and their challenges, basically financial and economic problems, and they were crying, God, you've kept long, Lord, Lord. I felt this is like, I agree with him, God, where are you? <laughs> but it's not enough, hallelujah. Yeah, the word of God, he cannot break his word. Tears will capture his attention. But make sure you believe whatever you've told him. Hallelujah. The next point, we are number what? Which number are we? The next point. Please, I hope you are learning something. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> it's because we don't pray according to our rights and privileges. We don't pray according to our rights and privileges.
believers, we don't even know if we're to know our rights. Life will be simple. And what is yours and what is paid for you? Life will be simple. You wouldn't beg God to give you anything because it is already yours. Now, in John 14, 14, Jesus said, whatever you shall demand in my name, I'll do it. Now, I, I use the word demand because the word ITO here is to command or demand in the Greek. To command, to require or demand in the Greek. Whatever you will demand in my name, I'll do it. But in the original Greek, whatever you demand according to your rights and privileges, I'll do it. That's the Greek. According to your rights and privileges, I'll do it. Now, let me use you know, today. I've mentioned Hagen so many times because he was very successful in this area. Yeah, because we 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 also follow him. So, and Pastor T follows him very much. One day, Hagen was some years past. Uh, sorry, some years ago, when he was quite young, he was passed from the church, and he said he was just about to go to pastor the church, the Sunday service, to go to church service. And information came to him that a woman in the, in, in the neighborhood, neighborhood was not feeling well, actually a church member. So, and his time was up to, to do the service, to begin the church, church service. So that's what he did. He took his Bible, quickly ran to her quarters where she was. And once she got there, the woman was just down, she couldn't walk. And she said, she just laid hands on her and said, Lord, you said whatever, I ask in your name, you do it. Now I ask for healing in Jesus' name. And I declare she is healed. You have done it. Thank you. Then he ran away. Because he had to go and organize the service. That's what he said. He said, Lord, just lay hands on her. He said, whatever I will demand, I will ask in your name, you do it. I now demand healing. And you have done it. And I declare her healed. That's all. And she ran away. She didn't wait to see whether he, she was healed. She didn't even look for any evidence. She ran away to the service. As he was organizing the service, they called for testimony. Lo and behold, this woman came to testify, walking herself. And the woman said, actually, when he laid hands on her, nothing happened. But when he left, the power of God was just on her. And she rose up and began walking. Simple prayers. God loves it if you take him at his word. If you cannot quote it, just open the Bible like uh, George Mola. Say, Lord, this is what you said. Lord, can you, can, you, can you say it? Can you read it? Yeah, that's, something, that's what I do. Lord, Lord, Lord can you? <laughs> I open it, Lord, can you say it? Lord, you know I didn't write this. <laughs> Therefore, in Jesus' name, believe it. He said, believe it. Demand it and leave it and go your way. Don't think about it again. And live your life. Yeah. You have to know what is yours. And I know if you are in this ministry, you have this understanding. Yeah. Because this ministry teaches you what is yours in Christ. What is your, your rightful inheritance in Christ. M.D. Mayer wrote about Charles Pergen, that Charles Pergen was a very good man. Now, he had the biggest church in England at that time. Charles Pergen. And he had what was called almshouses. He had a very big heart for the poor. So 
there was his church was called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. But he had houses for the poor, those who were homeless and couldn't find places to stay. He built alms houses for them. So Spurgeon, as a pastor, would once a while go around those alms houses to see those he had housed them, to see how they were faring. And he entered into one of these homes and saw a woman and saw something on the on the on the how do you call it on the wall. Nicely framed. And he took it and said, Can I have it? The woman said no. He asked the woman, What is it? What is this? And the woman said, Oh, I served this wonderful man who was so kind-hearted, very wealthy, and he had no family, but when he was dying, he smiled and asked me, What can I do for you? He took a paper and wrote his name and signed it. So I just took it and I framed it. Because whenever I look at it, I have nostalgic feelings. I think of his kindness and his goodness. And Spurgeon said, please, can I have it? I'll bring it to you back. No one said, but I don't, want to, I don't want to lose this paper. It reminds me of him. Spurgeon took it and ran to the bank. It was a check. And he asked the bankers, bankers, can you do something about it? The banker said we have been waiting for a long time for someone to come and claim. So for someone to come and lay claim and all, on all these properties and all this money. We've been waiting for a long time. And Spurgeon claimed it for her. She's coming money. She was a millionaire and she never knew it. It was a check, but he thought that the man just wrote his name. So he'll always remember his name. We pray according to our rights. Do you know your rights? The more you know it, the more you be bold. The more you know it, Satan is nothing to you again. Many Christians fear Satan, and Satan is so happy. He knows he's nothing, but he knows you don't know he's nothing. So he has taken advantage of you not knowing he's nothing to do something against your nothingness. I'm telling you. So you have to have stronger conviction. When you pray, you are so happy because it's yours. It has been paid for. Hallelujah. So please spend time knowing your rights and your privileges in redemption. Praise God. Christians loosely use the name of Jesus. They have no idea what the name contains. If you have a visa card and all you know is that what is on the card is 500 grand cities. Or all you know is, let's say there's, there's 50 Ghana. Can you buy a refrigerator with 50, 50 Ghana? But if there is one billion dollars in it, then what can you buy? <laughs> I thought you would buy a better place. Why do you want to buy it myself? <laughs> you see the Ghanaian mentality? I thought you would buy. <laughs> Kumasi for what? Hallelujah. It's amazing. <laughs> so know what the name contains and when you use it, my. Listen, anything on earth bows to that name. Even the Father, listen. For the Holy Ghost to come on earth, the Father couldn't just send the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine? He said, by the Comforter, whom 
the Father was sent in my name. Even the Holy Ghost had the right to operate on earth based on his name. What are you talking about? The earth doesn't belong to the government and the, and the nations and the powers that be. It belongs to him and everything. Use the name and it will answer. The next reason is condemnation and guilt. Condemnation and guilt. Some of you think that, listen, when you're asking God, you know, in your mind, you think that, oh, God will answer you if you have lived holy. Or God will answer you when you have fasted well. Or God will answer you when you have been pious. And when everything has been... Now, am I saying don't be holy? No, it's, it's our calling. We've been called unto holiness. We've been called unto holiness. You have to advance in holiness. But that's not the reason why God is going to answer your prayers. Now look at Peter. When Peter at the, at the when they reached the gate called Beautiful, oh, they knew their rights. They knew their right. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. In the Greek, but who I have, I give unto you. In the Greek, it's not such. Who I have. In the name of Jesus. That's the right. When you have fever, when you're experiencing fever, no, feverish, you are feverish. Know your right. You have rights to health. It's a fever. You are dead. I'm healthy now. I dismiss. You are cursed. <laughs> you know. You have to be convinced. But some of you, when you feel a, a, a kind of sickly, you first think of para first. You see, you must put the word first. You think of para, then you go to aspirin, then you go to. After navigating everything, if it doesn't work. Then the God becomes the last resort. Meanwhile, the word must be your first response. <laughs> it's your right. When the word is in you, when I thought I felt some sharp, sharp pain, I, I began to laugh. I laughed. Uh, I didn't even know. Like my heart was so full, I couldn't even say it. I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was so full that thing, just, that thing just got lost I, I, ah, you're in the wrong place ah. <laughs> like when the people said that a lady died and six doctors were attending to her and the way they were weeping and crying he came out of his office full of passion Ah, he just said is there no bomb in Gilead? Is no, while he's quoting the scriptures, he was quoting the scriptures, the girl rose from the dead. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but they fed on the weather. Yeah, but we'll go. We'll, we'll get there. Hallelujah. Surely. Now listen, Peter, when Peter rose, uh, raised him from the dead, and said, we men of Israel, Israel, why do you marvel at this? As though by our own power or holiness, we have made this man whole. Listen, God is not hearing you because of your own holiness or, or your power or something like that. If you have that mindset, you may be disappointed for a long time. 
Listen, live right and live well. But never think God is going to answer you because you are living well. Always think humbly that you are being answered because of Him. Praise God. Even when you have fasted the whole year, never think He is answering you because of what you've done. But always think He's answering you because He deserves it. You don't deserve it. Never bring yourself to a place where you think I deserve it. It's always Him. Because people, it's a challenge for many believers when they are praying. Hey, hmm. Challenge. Now that I used to do that. Whenever I go for evangelism, I felt God is entitled to hear, to hear me. When I don't win souls, hey, God hear me. But it's good to win souls and it has its reward, its blessing. Okay. Or maybe because you've lived well, God must answer me. There is a, a place like Hezekiah who say, Hezekiah knew how to put God in remembrance. So he got, gave him 15 years more. Yeah, because he was, there's a place where you skillfully plead, but in, on a general scale, always point to Christ and not yourself. Hallelujah. And the second part is, when you fail, don't think God is not going to answer you. So it's a key part of the coin. When you are doing well, and you are living well, don't think you are being answered because you are doing well. And when you have failed, don't think God will not answer you because you have failed. Yeah. Don't think God will not answer you because you have failed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, pride and condemnation, they are all self-righteousness. Pride is what you have done. Condemnation is what you have not done. They are all self-righteousness. They are all condemned. Listen, when you have, maybe, <laughs> maybe you, you gossiped yesterday, and you are about to claim your right, or bind the devil, and you, the devil whispers in your ears, look at how you gossip. Hey, it's true, yeah. Because the devil, if you allow him, if you read two chapters a day, you say, oh, you pastor, your members are reading five chapters. You, the shepherd, you are reading only two. <laughs> and you'll be guilty. The devil condemns you even if you are doing right. He will tell you the right is not enough. So don't run away from the Lord. As though you cannot, you cannot come to him again when you are failed. It's wrong. But the greatest faith is to come to him even when you are failed. Now, where do you want to go again? <laughs> where else? Let me show something God does. Let me show something God does. When you have sinned, sometimes it's as if something good things are happening to you. How many of you have experienced that before? You have sinned, you have done, some, you have done something that is wrong. You are expecting punishment, but all of a sudden everything seems good. It's like, hey, what is happening to me? And you ask yourself, is it really good that I sinned? You know that it's a sin. But it's like, favors are coming to you, everything is happening. I mean, what is going on? You know why? God is not endorsing the sin. The Bible says that it is the goodness of God that needed thee to repentance. Now, when you have missed it, God shows you more of his goodness. 
so that you can tend to him again. Because he, you are, you are his possession. He bought, he bought you. Now, if, if you buy something that is priceless, you buy to lose it. You buy to keep it. He bought you the greatest price ever, not to lose you, but to keep you. So when you miss it, he now shows his goodness on you because it is, it is his goodness that leaded thee to change your mind. Repentance is metanoia, change of mind. So the more you see his goodness, oh Lord. So, so sometimes ministers have missed it. The mission of God. <laughs> hey. A minister of God misses it and goes to minister, and this time around, the anointing is all over the place. People are prophesying, and then ah, miracles are happening, and he goes like, <laughs> yeah. Actually, a man of God, oh. a man of God called a man of God and told him that, but he doesn't understand. When he has son, that's when God moves by. Now, but if you begin to resist it, so God showed him goodness for him to repent. Because the goodness of God leads us to repent. God is saying, no, I've not lost you. You are still mine. So his goodness is to bring you back to the rightful place. It's not for you to take advantage of it. Because the more you see his goodness, the more you see his love. When Jesus, Peter, Jesus multiplied the fish and cast the net at the right side of the boat, and there was a, a, a net-breaking miracle of fish, Peter now came and said, depart from me. The goodness led him to repentance. I'm unclean. Prosperity led him to see how unclean he was. Because <laughs> he saw God's goodness and tend to him. Yeah. But understand that never live in guilt and condemnation. Now you need the, the understanding that God can never condemn you and will never condemn you. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what it means? Or you don't know what it means? To be in Christ Jesus means that for you to be condemned, Christ must be condemned. Because you are in him. It's a locative case. In him. Now, God cannot condemn you and will not condemn you. Now, the word condemn in Hebrew is rasha, which is the same word for wickedness. For God to condemn you after you have been justified by his blood means God is wicked. Because no death can be paid twice and no punishment can be judged twice, can be punished twice. Yeah? So I want you to know that this freedom is what liberates the true freedom. Ah. How can some, some, someone be so foolish that after hearing the truth that liberates, the person says, ah, let me take advantage to go and do more foolishly. And I wonder if you are truly born again. Then you are not born again, you are born against. Because the truth truly liberates. And listen, in Romans 3.24, the Bible says that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we are justified freely. Now, in English, justified is what past tense. But in the Greek, it is present tense. 
You know what it means? We are justified. Even right now, you are righteous in God's eyes. There is never a time in your life when you are not righteous in God's eyes. <laughs> Even right now. After you have gossip, are you righteous? Your righteousness is not your conduct. Your righteousness is a person. So your conduct may fail, but he cannot fail. You know why I'm saying all of this? I want you to be confident. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you miss it, you know. First John 2 verse 12. Make a first John 2 verse 12. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven. The word forgiven is perfect tense. And if you know a lot of English, if you know a little English, what is perfect tense? <laughs> Once and for all, it's something that was accomplished in the past with an ongoing effect. I never come to a place where you think, oh God, can God forgive me? Oh, can God forgive me? You are wasting your time. He has already forgiven you. Hallelujah. So don't walk in guilt. Don't walk in. Now, guilt is dishonoring to the Father. When you walk in guilt, you are saying you deserve to be punished. Guilt means you are in debt. You are owing. If there is guilt on your conscience, it means you are owing. Now, if, some, if you are owing and someone comes to pay for you and you are behaving as though the person never paid, it dishonors the one who paid. To work on guilt is, is dishonoring to the father who gave his son as your payment. The best way to remove sin from your heart is to remove sin from your conscience. When you are good free, your life will be holy. So never allow the devil to mess with you. Hallelujah. Because you may, you may fail. I'm, I'm not saying go and fail. How can you stand and plan to fall? But you may stumble somewhere, but you don't plan to go and fall. Then, then who are you? <laughs> Praise God. It's very important. So, stand up to your right. When God forgives, he blows it out of his memory. <sighs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are in number what? Seven. All right. Okay. Because, because we don't stand by the word. We don't stand by the word. I have my points. It's level two. We don't stand by the word. Now, for you to have answered prayers, you have to stand by the word. What does it mean to stand by the word? Hebrews 1 verse 1 said, Hebrews 11 verse 1 said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. Now, the word substance is hypostasis. Two words put together. Hypo means by. Stasis means to stand. Now, faith means to stand by. Now, faith is standing by God's word until you see the word manifested. Now, God says, I have this for you. You stand by it. I'm not going to move. You stand by it until you see the manifestation of what God has said. Whether it takes weeks or months, you stand by it. You are still there. 
It's like a dog, when a dog clutches to a bone and enjoys the bone, and the dog will not let the bone go away. The dog endeavors not to lose the bone. The dog stands by the, by the bone until his mission is accomplished. We lose, we, we, we give up too early. In Hebrews 10 verse 36, the Bible said, Ye have need of patience, after ye have done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise. Hmm. So this is one of the reasons why we don't see answered prayers. Because some of the answers take time to materialize. The word patience, hypomon, actually means someone who is carrying a weight. The thing is heavy, but the person swears to his head that me, I'm not going to move. It is heavier, but the person, it, patience is stay, stay in their power or hang in their power. The power to stay there or the power to hang in until there is a manifestation of the result. Hallelujah. Because some of the prayers, the Bible says that, and be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hebrews 6 verse 12. So the twin virtue of faith is patience. If you study the faith fathers, sometimes they, you may declare a house. You, you may declare, I have a new house, but it, it, it could come in two years time. Yeah. So some of the manifestations take time. Some may be instant, some to take time. You have to hold on to God's word until it comes. Faith is not always instant. Now, listen, there is fake evidence and there is fact evidence. Faith evidence and now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, what is evidence? Another word for evidence is proof. Proof. Now, a proof is that which validates the existence of something you don't presently have. Proof is that which validates the existence of something you don't presently have. For instance, you go to buy a refrigerator. You go to the showroom and they tell you that, oh, we don't have it now or we'll bring it to your house in, in a week's time. So you get a, the, the receipt. Now the receipt is the proof that you have a refrigerator. It's a proof of something that exists which you don't have material, material physically. That is faith. Faith means you have the evidence, the receipt. But once the faith comes, you don't need the receipt again. So there is faith evidence and fact evidence. <laughs> faith evidence is that you have not seen the result of what you are looking for. But faith says that it is there for you. You have it. <laughs> but the manifestation may be later. And that's what we should know. Because, for instance, with healing, most people, when they are receiving healing, they look for instant healing. But healing is not always instant. Listen, even in Jesus' ministry, Jesus' healings were not always instant. For instance, in John 4, 52. When the nobleman came to Jesus, Jesus says, Go thy way, thy son liveth. He met a servant and they told him the hour his son began to amend. Now, the word amend is not instant healing, he was gradually getting better. 
he was gradually amend means that so there are certain times where you, you get better and better gradually hallelujah remember um john 9:7 he told the man to go to the pool of siloam jesus never healed him instantly so there are those who are instantly healed there are those who are healed as they go the ten lepers as they went they were healed you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Echocalus is progressive. So what do you do when you have not seen the manifestation of what you are praying for? Do you complain or do you mama? The instant you complain and mama, you destroy the prayer. Don't even pray again. Don't even wait. You can tell the Lord you are sorry. You, you can believe. Of course you can believe again. But nothing devours your miracle as fast as complain and mama. What do you do? Dance. Rejoice. Give God a thanks. And be calm. <laughs> it will manifest. For instance, you are believing for a husband. Yeah. And as you believe, you need patience for God to manifest the husband. You may pray for husband today. You may not have the results tomorrow. Despite you may have all faith to move, move all mountains. He may not come tomorrow. He may come in five months, two weeks, or, or a year. But all you know is that God is bringing something better for you. Praise God. And some of you, you undo your prayers. Father, give me a good husband. The next day, Father, give me a good husband. Father, you are worrying God. The first time you pray, you it. Relax and start giving him thanks. And be rested and live your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those who are always worrying, fretting, going from one prophetic meeting to another prophetic meeting, looking for a husband, conjuring, declaring, possessing, crying, those people never get their husbands. But those who are just relaxing, minding their own business, the result always is just it's always chasing them. Yeah. Just have to relax. What do you want? You are full of fret, trying to make things happen. God doesn't work. When you are relaxed, take over. That's when God works. Yeah. It, 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 for instance, if you are believing for a financial breakthrough, and you always say, hey, when is this money coming? Hey, money, money, money. Hey, money runs away from you. Wherever you are. When, when money sees you, money just runs away. <laughs> but just give to God and relax and live, live your life. Then money will just be chasing you. Yeah. So patience is key. The early checks had a quote, a quotation. They said, patience is a mother of, mother of all virtues. It's a mother of all virtues. Yeah. Patience is, is great. Because God will give you something that God will beat your, beat your highest imagination. Because as you're preparing yourself, God is also preparing your wife and your husband as well. Yeah, and it's so amazing. Just be giving thanks and just be rejoicing. Don't let, don't allow anyone to discourage you or just say that something dampening you. Just, just become collective and be praising God, knowing He cannot lie. Don't go to the parking. Lord, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, oh. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. 
What kind of prayer is that? Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. <laughs> the, the, the feeling is nice, but. <laughs> One day I was going for a meeting and I was going with a brother. My brother said, This meeting, if God doesn't move, I will move. <laughs> it's a great move. Number eight is unforgiveness. You know what unforgiveness does? When you are working in unforgiveness, unforgiveness doesn't prevent God from giving to you. It hinders you from receiving it. It impedes your faith life, unforgiveness. Now, for, because of time, I don't want to read, but in Matthew 18, you know the story of a generous man, the wealthy man, who had two men, two guys who were owing him, and he forgave them freely. And one went out and saw another person owing him, and he imprisoned him. How many, how many of you know that story? Now, about 50 years ago, some scholars did some... Um, the amount that were quoted, according to the, 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 the presence, the inflation at that time, how much the guy was owing. At that time, it was approximately $6 million. The guy was owing the master $6 million, and uh, the master forgave him. But he went out and saw someone who owed him $17. Wow. Oh, the amplified, wow, $20. Then, wow. So it says, okay, so $20. 10 what? Million. So $10 million. So the master imprisoned him, caught him, and gave him to the tormentors' prison. Now listen, he was not imprisoned because of the ten million dollars. He was imprisoned because of the, because of the seventeen dollars. You are not imprisoned because of the ten million dollars you owed God. You are imprisoned because of the twenty dollars you are refusing to let go. So unforgiveness is a prison. Unforgiveness is a prison. I don't know whether you are understanding me. Someone offended you and hurt you. You are not letting go. You get into prison yourself. It's amazing. It's a prison. You know why? You are imprisoned. Demons even torment your life. Things you are believing God for, it doesn't work. So many things are not working because you are in a kind of prison. But you have to let go. Because you see... Unforgiveness is like preparing a poison for the other person to drink and you drinking it yourself. Yeah. To die. Can you imagine? Now we have to learn how to, number one, forgive ourselves, then forgive others, and thirdly, forgive God. You have to learn how to, many have been offended by God, as if they have put so many things against God. Now, I remember Wigglesworth sharing the story. One day he went to Wales to pray on a mountain, and the Lord said, I want you to, I want you to go and raise up Lazarus. Apparently, there was this preacher guy called Lazarus who got, became sick and was bedridden for seven years. 
He was literally skeleton. Fragments of bones. Everything. His body was gone. So, it was not possible, humanly speaking, to raise this guy up. So, Wigglesworth surrounded him with his other brothers, seven other brothers, and they just began to call on the name Jesus. So, they, they went like, Jesus' name. Jesus. 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 So, as they were mentioning the name Jesus, the power of God fell. You can do that to work. When the power of God fell, all of a sudden, Lazarus began to cry. He said, I have been bitter against God. He's crying. I'm so sorry. I've been bitter against you. So that the power of God opened his heart because he was embittered against God. He felt like he had saved God and God had allowed the sickness to come upon him. So he said, Lord, I believe in divine healing. Healing is real. I believe it. I receive it. But he began walking. So he was, that's why I'm saying you have to forgive God. <laughs> Meanwhile, God has done nothing actually. But that is when his healing came. So, no matter who has offended you, let go. Mysteriously, you can imprison yourself by not forgiving others. That's what Jesus said. After he has spoken about, Jesus spoke about faith in Mark 11, 24. There's 25. But when you stand praying, forgive. It's very necessary. Now, in the New Testament, we have already been forgiven, so you must forgive. Yet, without forgiving, you can get yourself imprisoned spiritually. I remember there was a woman close to this. this where's that? Have your question? Yeah. Many, many years ago, yeah, I came to pray for a woman here. Her leg was swollen. Five doctors have tried. They said there was nothing. And she couldn't walk. And I was her pastor. I was pastor of church at that time, certain church at that time. So I got there. But the Holy Ghost showed me that it was bitter, bitterness, actually. So I just got there, preached about love and forgiveness, and let her release from her heart those who had offended her and forgive them. While she was doing that, the thing disappeared. Can you imagine? And she was saying, how can this be? How can this be? This is amazing. Wow. Wow. That's what we met. It's amazing. So, all along, it was bitterness. Sorry. Lastly, number nine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's build <laughs> how many tabernacles? <laughs> yeah, J- just go back verse 23. My, my, my last point is there. The last point is because we make a difference. What does it mean to make a difference? Because we make a difference. I'll explain. Look at this verse. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, now, shall we go back to verse 20? And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the thick tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. 
Now take note of the word, shall not doubt. Doubt, say doubt. Actually, the word here is not doubt. If you know the key to this word, I'm, 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 you'll be blessed. Because the word that here is, it's not the stars, it's diacrino. Diacrino. What is diacrino? Look at the word doubt here. It's diacrino. It's the same word in Jude one twenty two. Let's see Jude, Jude 22. Jude. And some have compassion, making a difference. And the word making a difference is diacrino. And the word doubt there, in Mark 11 23, is diacrino. Two different words, but the same in Greek. So actually, to actually the word is making and shall not make a difference in his heart. Acts 15 verse 9. Quickly, Acts 15 verse 9. Peter is preaching and said, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their heart by faith, as the Gentiles. He was a friend to the house of Cornelius. And put no difference is diacrino. So, it's the same way, making a difference or putting a difference. Now, what is Jesus saying? He said, if you, if you, if you have faith, you shall say to this mountain now, this is a different article. He was actually pointing a mountain to them and shall not make a difference. What's the difference? Actually, he's comparing two things because he just spoke about a fig tree. But actually, they were referring him to the fig tree. They pointed a fig tree, how soon it is dried. So they pointed a fig tree and Jesus also pointed, pointed a mountain. Oh, it's not just this fig tree, but you can say to this mountain. But if you can say to this mountain, be thou removed into the sea. Or yonder place, and you don't make a difference between a fig tree and a mountain, you shall have the result. This is what it means. Now, this is what it means. <laughs> now, 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 this is what I, I thank God you are getting it. Hallelujah. This is what it means. If someone comes to you and say, Man of God, have a headache. Can you pray for me? So, oh, just come. Headache. Oh, easy. Dismiss. But if someone comes, man of God, I have cancer of the brain. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Instantly, you start making a difference. Hey. Cancer power. <laughs> so that you are making a difference between headache and cancer. That is doubt. You are, you, you are putting it as though it is your might. <laughs> they said, ah, this one, you need to fast. We cover our unbelief by so many things. Or someone comes to me and says, man of God, um, I have a stomach problem. Stomach problem, oh. Another person comes and says, man of God, I have COVID. Say, stand there. <laughs> Where is your nose mask? <laughs> Can you imagine? But he says that if you don't put a difference between COVID and that stomach problem, we always put in a difference. Because we think that headache is easier for God and cancer is difficult for God. The problem is in our mind. But listen, in God's economy of things, now, in God's economy, you know what he does? The more difficult the situation is, the more easier it is for him, or is it for him to pray? For example, 
Now Jesus multiplied bread twice, isn't so? Okay. How many loaves did Jesus use to feed five thousand? Five loaves. Okay. How many loaves did he use to feed four thousand? Seven. Can you imagine? Follow me carefully. He used five loaves to feed how many? Five thousand. So in feeding four thousand, he should have used how many loaves? Let's say three loaves. But now he had seven loaves. He could only feed four thousand. So with Jesus, the more the scarcity, the more his glory can be magnified. The more difficult each problem is, the more his glory can be amplified. If he gives you seven loaves, he said, Oh, wow, I can only feed 4,000. If I reduce it to five, oh, I can go to 5,000. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, this is very important. I remember when I was meditating on this, thing, something happened. Someone called me, and the person said, Oh, please, man of God, I'm in the hospital right now. My baby's heart beats, it's dying. The doctors are saying the baby's almost dead. It's not beating, it's very faint. Can you pray for me? Now, but what, what do I do? If I, when I heard it, I just closed the story. I just said, I, I was going to say, Oh, hmm. let me think about what I would do. I, I wanted her to have it, try and put it aside. Understand? Then I remember the word I was meditating on. <laughs> I, realized I, I realized I was making a difference. Because if he had said headache, would I have said that? So I felt like, wow. So I said, okay, so what do you want from me? You want your baby healed, recovered? I said, in the name of Jesus, by the time the doctor came again, the heart will be stable and normal. And after two hours, I had a call that the baby was normal. Hallelujah. If I had put a difference, hmm. because the word making a difference is diacrinal. Through it. Dia is the word for through. And krino is the word for condemn. Yeah, krino is condemnation. So literally it is through condemnation. Through condemnation. Why do we put a difference or make a difference? Through condemnation. You know what it means? If someone comes to you with cancer, you go like, hey, nah. how long have I fasted? Have I been holy this week? Have I, been, have I been holy? Now you begin to see all your minuses through condemnation. You are literally condemning yourself. Hey, I'm not as anointed as you are comparing yourself. Hey, this one, if Pastor Two was saved, could have done something wrong. Hey, look, look at the way I quarrel with my wife when I was coming. Hmm. So a lot of thoughts. I don't think I'm, I'm holy. Enough. So through condemnation make a difference it's through condemnation but just walk you're not making the person whole because of you it's not by your power it's not by your holiness set your eyes on him and let him do it he takes the credit he takes the glory it's not just do it you see don't be afraid to be embarrassed it's not you let's take ourselves from the picture hallelujah what am I trying to say? Whatever you are believing God for, shall we not make a difference? Yeah. Because with God, 
all things are possible. Yeah. Don't act according to the poverty of your faith. Act according to the riches of his grace. And act. Dream big. Act big. Believe big. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God can make you do all this. The word of God will expand your vision. And expand you. Hallelujah. May you celebrate answers from today. And you see, as you go home, meditate on this point and relive them. And leave them. I'm telling you, and you begin to, your life will be a bundle of miracles. You'll be laughing your way through life. Where you were down, you are rising. Your relationship with God is renewed. It's, it's a living, vital relationship. A living and a vital relationship. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.